Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sakura Rangers in Space. We're going to keep guest miss a rolling. Uh, I'm Amy. I'm the Pink Ranger. I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. And I'm John. I'm the Silver Ranger. And today we have a really special guest. We have Sudi, or otherwise known as Silverfire Studio. Hi. How are you doing good. today? Doing good. You know, happy to be here and meet everybody. My God, everybody is here. This is this is crazy. This is a full table. Yes. This is a real thing. This is a full it's house. So we'll just start with the basics for anybody who doesn't know your amazing work. Uh, how long have you been a cosplayer, and oh, what drew you to cosplay? Um, I've been going to conventions and cosplaying at conventions for um, over ten years. I really haven't counted how long, uh, but like uh, my first costumes happened back when I was like thirteen, and uh, what got me into cosplay was the costumes and uh i love anime and manga and all the uh japanese culture and art and uh making costumes uh that's really what got me into it uh i used to do it like on my own for my own things like maybe when i was like a teenager making them for halloween and stuff and and then uh when was it it was like when i was 19 or so a friend told me about you know there's these conventions that's all about anime and people generally wear costumes and i'm like what there's an entire thing about this and it happened so that's kind of how i i started to get into it uh i, I don't know there i guess i could go more into my uh, origin story of, you know, being little 12 year old asking my parents for my birthday for a sewing machine. Uh, <laughs> my parents yeah. actually got me an old, uh, sewing machine and my mom gave it to me and she's like, I don't know how to use it. Good luck. <laughs> Before YouTube. Before yeah. knowing anybody who could sew. Yeah. There, there was nothing there. I mean, the internet did exist at that age and uh there were things called forms you know if you remember doing forms this fascinates me because normally when we ask this question we end up in a situation where we have to go and ask you know where where did the inspiration come from to start sewing and all that normally it comes back to cosplay you actually asked before you even knew that this was really a thing yeah, it, that's kind of brilliant. <laughs> I was in love with costumes uh, before it became like, you know, a, a thing when little you can me say it before it was cool. You can say yeah, it before, before it was, it was cool. cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you asked like little 12 year old me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would legitimately tell people I wanted to be a costume designer for movies. And people were like, what? That's actually pretty cool. Mm -hmm. that, that's exactly what that I wanted really cool. to do. And I remember when, um, like, uh, Star Wars Episode One and Episode Two were coming out. I loved the costumes. I was obsessed. 
I actually did end up making this like one of Padme's costumes, but I was like 13, so it didn't look anything like it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I was just I I've always loved costumes and uh, just the uh, feeling that it could bring to people and when you get to be a character and be something more than what you are and it's just a lot of fun so that's kind of how how that all started <laughs> so could you even pick your first cosplay yeah what was your first cosplay or very so first cosplay and i have no photo evidence of this i wish i did okay that was actually that's a, that's the, that was the next question uh, <laughs> I wish I did still have evidence of it, but I don't. Uh, it was when I first got my sewing machine. Uh, it was the first Halloween after I got it. Uh, I tried to put together a Freya from Chobits. Uh... So if you know that uh, manga, because the anime didn't exist yet. Don't, don't worry, there's a lot of Clamp fans in this audience. Trust me, pe- people got respect right oh, now. Oh, yeah. No, I am living for this. Chobits was, like, my first oh. and my favorite manga, <laughs> It was so one of my on. first mangas, too. And so I, I love the costumes so in good. it. Yes, uh, all the costumes, <laughs> because I'm an odd child. And I decided I was going to make one of Freya's outfits. And so I'm, like, 12 or 13 years old. I don't have this thing called money and so I made it from like a leather jacket that I got from the thrift store and I tore that apart to try to make like the corset sort of thing that she's wearing of course it wasn't fitted at all uh it was more like a tube top that was made out of like I don't know if it was real leather or not and uh some fabric that I got if you remember um, Walmart used to car- carry like mystery fabrics for a dollar a yard <laughs> and so it was like this it was a really deep dark blue that could be mistaken for black so it was just a mod podge of everything I put it together and I used my natural hair because I was blonde and had long blonde hair so of course that works right uh, and used like uh, some thread spools for the little spools in her hair and totally was that's what I was for Halloween running around with my friends and my friends were giant nerds as well so they thought it was cool no one else knew who I was I didn't care because I gotta wear the costume I made Aww. so that that was probably Aww. my first cosplay where I was legitimately trying to be um, a different character that was already an established character. Now, that's actually kind of interesting because most people that we've asked this particular question to, and especially this next one, don't have a lot of pride in their very first costume. Um, Well, they have pride, but it was like, they look back at it and they go, oh, crap. What the hell was that? They, they have pride. They just wish that it didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I know that it looked horrible. It was terrible. It looked nothing like the reference image. And did I know proper sewing techniques? I didn't. But 
everybody starts somewhere and if mm-hmm. you could be happy and it brings you joy go ahead and do it you know and of course the more important question is uh is any part of that costume still exist no uh, unfortunately i wish i had it just for the evidence of hey here's baby suity mm-hmm. yeah because a lot of because usually it's been destroyed in the laundry one of us said it was burned. They burned theirs. Uh, like, it's it's not, it, or just disappeared. Disappeared, dumpster, lost somewhere in the closet. Yeah. Spread out across the room. I'm pretty sure that that costume has uh, multiple of those happening to it. There were several pieces. Um, have you ever revisited those designs? Revisited that character? Anything by Clamp? Or um, I I have revisited things by Clamp. I've done multiple different characters uh, that are from Clamp and have cosplayed them. I have uh, revisited Chi in a different costume. I do want to revisit that very first one. Unfortunately, I don't have anything to compare it to. Except my memory. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it would be fun to revisit that same uh, costume that I tried originally years and years ago. Also, the world just needs more Chobits cosplayers. <laughs> 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 enough, actually. I think like, Chobits was one of the very few manga that was in our, school, in our high school library. Wow. Oh, who let that into a high school library? <laughs> I, I gotta be honest, it was in mine, too. Oh it's my just, it was. I yeah. remember that. Clamp, clamp the teachers didn't read it. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, like in the first five pages, she's naked. But okay. <laughs> I know, right? You think they read that? No. You just you, you, you see one clamp thing, and they're all connected, so they're all gotta be in there. So you either you let let them all in, or you let none of them in. So if you want your <laughs> your uh, card captors, you get your chobits. Yep. They're all diversely different. I'm. I actually host a um, all about clamp panel Ooh. at uh, conventions. Interesting. So. Oh, that's epic. That sounds really fun. If uh, we're at the same con in the near future, I would love to know more about clamp. Yeah, where, where like have you wish- been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> Hosting a clamp panel. What you listening? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I had it at the last con you were at. I mean, come on. Where were you? Obviously not doing what's important. Obviously slacking. Yeah. That's Yeah. You, you may slap me and drag me to your panel next time. And I mean that. But only in that order. So it sounds like sewing is kind of your favorite part. Is it? Is it? Or I guess I'm just assuming. Is that still your favorite part of cosplay fabrication, or do, has something else taken its place? What's your favorite part of cosplay fabrication? Oh, um, wow, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if I have a like an actual favorite because just variety. There's good. so many different skills that can go into making a costume, and I've enjoyed a lot of you know learning new skills and developing those skills because it's more than just learning and being like ha I can do a thing now, but then developing them and pushing it further. Um, sewing is kind of where I started, essentially, uh, mainly because that's you know how I knew you know to make a costume to make something to go on the body. I had to sew. You know, had to sew something together. 
Um, so I've, I've explored many different routes. I will admit that I don't do very much in uh, armor making, but I have done uh, full, full suits of armor uh, for cosplay uh, made of different, you know, different items, whether it's foam or uh, warbler or here's a flashback for anybody, Wonderflex. Yes! Finally, somebody else knows that this existed! Wonderflex was amazing. It really is. It's like a, a, a piece that people don't remember anymore, but I'm like, it still has so much use. I still have sheets mm-hmm. of it up in my craft room. Well, whether it's armor or uh, sewing, I notice you have a great variety. You tend to really balance, I follow your Instagram uh, doing simpler costumes, like you did Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was just great, wearable, and I saw you wearing it on a Sunday, which is perfect. And then you do these monster projects, like you just did Hannah Alexander's Zelda, which I'm obsessed with. Um, <laughs> what would you say is the hardest cosplay you've ever made? Oh, okay, hardest. This one's um, difficult, because I feel like... Um, some things are more difficult for certain reasons though i will admit that yes my most latest um uh it actually wasn't my most latest competition piece because i had one in between but uh the most recent monster of a piece is that hannah alexander's princess zelda and i think it's because it holds so many different elements and different challenges uh, I had to get through to do. And even though I have, you know, made armor before, I have made a corset before, I have dyed fabric many times before, I've done satin stitching and embroidery before, this one pushed my limits. It really pushed my skills further than I had pushed my skills before and I enjoyed every minute of it. It was actually a fantastic uh, challenge for me. It's this gorgeous, amazing art was put in my face and it was just challenge accepted and (laughs) went for it. (laughs) And I worked on that costume for three months straight Literally every weekend, um, some weeks I was coming home from work and working on it, realizing I can't stop right now because I have to use the exact same dye bath for all of my panels. I'm not sleeping tonight and continuing through. But it was a different kind of push than I had done previously which was for a con crunch where i'm stressed and pushing myself while this one was i was pushing myself for the art and still giving myself um uh breaks where you know okay so i pushed myself for three days the next you know four days i'm not going to push it as far i can continue to work but i need to you know recuperate and make sure i'm taking care of myself as well and so like I mentioned, this one was a huge challenge for me uh, because it was skills that I have uh, things I've done before, but it pushed it to a different level. The design of this was just incredible and it really was a, a challenge. Um, 
where you have armor that was filigree. So it had to be um, rigid, but delicate. And so I, I had to think about how am I going to create this so that it can be uh, durable, but also still have the delicacy of it being, well, essentially um, holes, filigree holes throughout the entire piece. Um, and also how to make it attach to, um, you know, seemingly nothing, you know. And then, I love when costume designers have floating pieces. <laughs> <laughs> really? I know. Oh, it's always a challenge. You, you want to talk about, you know, stuff like that. Revisit Clamp. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, me and Clamp have this war of consistent references. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because they can't seem to keep their, their reference consistent. You know, so it's like, hmm, does this attach here or here? Sort of a thing. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 No, we have that trouble with a lot of other animes too. Like our most recent one, I want to say, is our, our, the My Hero we're doing, trying mm-hmm. to find references from thing to thing and that. And it's just like, they're all over the place. It's just whatever you make mm-hmm. it. So it's kind of, it's very stressful or it's very uh, almost. Uh, Freeing, yes, because you're like, well, there is no set way to do this, so you can just do whatever you feel is most aesthetically pleasing that would look the best, and you kind of have a free from, you can kind of take your artist a little bit. But that also makes me think is uh, you talked about pushing yourself on the costume, and I think that's a really nice thing because you pushed yourself on a side of like passion, not because of time constraints. And it feels so much better when you, like, put a lot of effort into something, all this extra time, effort, uh, because of it being more more of a passion than it is a, I have to get this done because of this reason. Um, it's more, I have to keep doing this to make it look good because I want it to look good and I want to put all this effort into it so then your end result is even more so a combination of everything you put into it. And I always like that more where you're like, you just kind of fall into it and uh, I'll, I'll work on projects and then all of a sudden I lose uh, an evening because I know I'm on a roll and I don't want to stop it but it's not because I have to get it done for certain dates it's because I've got this groove and I can get so much done in a, such a way that I really like it and I'm enjoying it not because I have to but because I really like it so I'm thinking that's that's fantastic when you hear that kind of talk of keeping going into it because of the passion side. Yeah, and I uh, definitely need to focus more in um, doing that. And uh, I would strongly suggest that for people. Do it because you want to, not because you have deadlines yeah. and, yeah. Um, you know, want to do it for other things but yeah uh certainly i mean there's there's pushing it yourself to push yourself because of like you mentioned passion uh you're passionate about the art and about the creation versus being passionate about or versus pushing it uh due to more like negative stresses which would be i have to 
you know, enter this contest. There's there's going to be more. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. There's always yeah. more. There's, there's always the next more. con. There's, there's always next con. There's something always else. Sometimes you don't else. get things Sometimes done for something, done and you just gotta go. I guess that's gonna be a future project, not a now project. Not a now project. Yeah, that's okay. Totally okay. Yeah, it is okay. So what is the average amount of time you spend on a cosplay? Because I feel like you're always putting out new ones, and I'm always excited about it. Um, and they all look so great. Are you just fast because you've been doing it so long, or do you kind of alternate? What like what is the average amount of time a costume takes you? Probably not three months, because that's, that's a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is a good question. Average amount of time... Uh, I don't know if there is an average. I feel like each project uh, is going to end up taking different amounts of time, just depending on what I want to put into it, how much detail I want to put, go into it, uh, how much extra do I want to add, or how much you know artistic interpretation do I want to have on this project, uh, and how detailed is it. So I have um, had projects that take me literally a day, just an in, just one day, an entire costume done. And then I also have projects that, you know, like I mentioned, take me three months. Uh, some have, have taken me even longer, just depending on what the project is. Um, like, uh, if you look at my portfolio, I have... Um, some cosplays that have these giant wings in it. That was um, a collaboration with a friend where we made a matching pair of giant wings. Uh, I think our wingspan was uh, 13 feet uh, wide. And uh, they're, they're articulating. Uh, so you pull on uh, some strings and then they, they fold out and then they come back down. Uh, but we could only work on them like on the weekends and on certain times and things like that. So that project ended up, you know, overarching a couple of months and really altogether would have taken less time. So, mm-hmm. uh, it really depends on how, uh, in depth and detail, uh, you want to go in on a project and some are, uh, personally, I would say are simpler than others. <laughs> and do you make all your costumes at a quality at which it could be judged? Or do you sometimes say, I just want to make this for fun. I'm not going to stress about doing everything correct. Um, I do have my for funsy costumes where I'm literally just making it for fun. But uh, after having uh, so many years of experience of making things the right way and learning to make things the right way it's so hard to not make them the right way if that makes sense you know like finishing my seams and uh things like that uh though there was one costume that i made for fun and i didn't finish my seams on the inside and it ended up it's a gorgeous costume and I did an amazing once in a lifetime experience photo shoot with it. And then some, uh, a convention requested that I wear that one for when I went to go uh, guest judge. Uh, 
and I'm in the judging room looking at people's costumes and stuff, and I realized, like, we're, like, a quarter of the way through the contestants, and I look down, I'm like, oh, some of my seams are showing, and they're not finished. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. So ever since that moment, I'm like, never again. I'm finishing all my seams, whether it's for fun or not. (laughs) That's so unlucky, too. The one time you skip finishing the seams, they're like, I want that costume specifically. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, could you wear that one when you come uh, judge at our con? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can. It's mobile enough. I can wear it and uh, judge in it. And (laughs) there were times where I, I had to roll up the sleeves because the sleeves were purposely made long because uh, you never see the character's hands. But I had to roll them up in order to, you know, turn hymns of other people to judge their (laughs) inside work. And then I look down and realize my inside work wasn't done. (laughs) Oh, I felt awful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I turned my sleeves and hid it so that, you know, people couldn't see. But ever since that moment, I'm like, I'm always finishing my seams. So I get the spinach in your teeth of cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I bet you nobody remembers, but I always will that I'm like, here I am judging how somebody else has done the inside of their costume and mine's not done. Oh, that's great. But yeah, like, Every costume you make does not have to be competition worthy. You can just do it for fun. Uh, I've done several costumes that I'm like, I'm just doing it because I want to. So you mentioned you do cosplay in a day challenges, which are awesome. Uh, What strategies would you tell people to accomplish that? Oh, yeah, sure. so I'll do cosplay in a day challenges, uh, just for fun. Uh, it's a chance for, for me to push myself. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like if you never have a deadline for something, then it's never going to get done. So this kind of puts the no stress deadline on yourself so that you can just sit there and get things done and not worry about little tiny details and um, kind of uh, give yourself the opportunity to learn how to uh, do something and do it quickly. And uh, so that's kind of why, why I like to do these uh, cosplay in a day challenges. Uh, I always make sure to prep everything beforehand because you don't want to be uh, going through making something and then realize, oh, I've hit a roadblock. I, I don't have this certain item so that I can continue. I have to run to the store and get this item first. So I always uh, go through and double check all of my supplies, make sure I have the correct thread color, make sure if I have any notions that need to go into the costume, I have those notions, like uh, zippers, buttons, clips, uh, things like that. Uh, Making sure that um, uh, I have my fabric ready and I always pre-wash my fabrics. So make sure my uh, fabric laundry is done. Uh, Make sure I have my lining, if I'm going to put a lining in make sure if um, I'm making anything that is structured, 
then I make sure I have that uh, inner core structure uh, fabric ready and available. Uh, if I'm making something that has boning in it, make sure I have the bonings ready and available because uh, like I said, there's nothing like being a crafting um, zone and really going for it and hitting a roadblock. It just kind of hits it. Your speed just goes downhill from there. It's like, well, I guess we're done. And then it just, you know, instead of taking a day, it's going to take you like a week or two weeks. <laughs> so I always prep everything. And then if I know if there's a pattern that I'm going to use, uh, make sure I have that pattern and uh, make sure the pattern pieces are cut out because that really slows my cosplay progress is cutting out pattern pieces. Like um, if I'm using a commercial pattern, cutting out the tissue paper, not cutting out the fabric, but the uh, tissue paper of it. Uh, a lot of my um, costumes, I draft my own patterns or uh, heavily alter commercial patterns. So if I'm going to be using a commercial pattern, make sure I have that, make sure it's cut out to the correct size uh, and everything's all prepped and ready. I was actually doing that earlier today uh, <laughs> because I'm getting ready to do another uh, cosplay in a day, uh, probably uh, this upcoming weekend. I don't know when this airs, but yeah. 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 Uh, it'll air tomorrow. So if you hey. are doing it the weekend after Christmas, where could people find that if they wanted to watch it? Oh, um, you can just watch it on my um, social medias, uh, Silver Fire Studio. Fire spelt with a Y. Links in the description below. Yeah, I was just yeah. <laughs> there we go. That works. Uh I started um, uploading it to like my stories and stuff and highlighting it on my Instagram and then uh, making occasional posts on my Facebook page or Twitter. Uh, and I've discovered people like to follow along with those. I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. This is kind of cool. And then uh, you can always go back and you can see the different steps of how I made a costume. So. If that's something you're interested in making yourself, you could go back, follow along, and essentially do the same steps that I did. Um, yeah, it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, so a few years ago, um, some uh, other local crafting cosplay friends and I started doing it together where we all pick a day to do it. And then we encourage each other throughout the day, you know, send each other messages and stuff being like, hey, how are you coming on your, your costume? And we all look forward to the very end of the day or the next morning when everyone posts um, a picture of their final product. Oh, that's so wholesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've really built up a very um, positive and encouraging uh, community um, where I'm at. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it, you know, because uh, without that um, positivity, uh, it's, eh, it's not that great. You know, you want to make sure you have a good, supportive community. Um, you want that support circle. And what costumes have you made in a day? Oh, goodness. So now I'm going to have to, like, clock back because I've done this at least once a year every year. 
Oh no. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a nice tradition. Yeah, it's it, it is fun tradition to do. I try to make sure I do one a year, uh, just to basically uh, make sure that I'm uh, polishing up your skills. You know, make sure that you're still good and uh, able to do things. I guess I don't know. Right, <laughs> and winning contests isn't enough to know that you're still good. <laughs> <laughs> so one question I. One question I do have, that's okay. Um, has there been any fun, like, group core things you've done with no. groups of people or um, other cosplayers, like, uh, correlations, you know, with other people? Anything fun like that? Yeah, I love, love working with other cosplayers and wanting to either make groups or duo costumes together or enter um, skits together or just doing it for funsies, just taking pictures together. I love that so much. Um, it's like one of my favorite things to do. It's really. Is there one that comes to mind that was one that stood out the most, you think? Uh, pick your favorite friend. <laughs> yeah, see, you see what you've done. And what just, we're gonna just, do is link this podcast to everyone you didn't select. No. <laughs> just no say pressure. Tyler. It's the, it's universally accepted, even if you've never done it. Just say, "Oh, my favorite person I ever collaborate with is I'm, Tyler." I'm and the universal answer like, is that everyone wants to collab with me on something. <laughs> That's stupid. Tyler and I are like, and anyway, yeah, he doesn't collab. You don't collab with that many I people. With, I've only collabed with people. I haven't done any like you solo with stuff. Me. Multiple you collabed times. with me. Tyler. I did. I did. You're yeah. the you're the mook into my gene. There you go. But I get dibs on him for the near future. See, no one wants me. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, that's a hard question to pick, pick a favorite. Well, just a know. couple. I'll, I'll just couple. pick a couple. I'll mention a few. Uh, so there was a year um, before Sakura Khan. Uh, this was like three weeks before the con. Uh, there was somebody on, um, I can't remember if it was a Facebook group or uh, a forum. I, I can't remember where. But online somewhere, uh, somebody had mentioned that they were still recruiting a Hanukkah for the Love Live group. Hmm. And this was uh, the year right before Love Live hit huge. And <laughs> I had just gotten into Love Live, started watching the anime, and I'm like, I love this. I love Hanukkah so much. I want to cosplay her. And then... Someone contacted me from their group saying, hey, we are missing a Hanukkah for this particular costume of a group. Would you like to join? I need to know which Love Life costume for reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was Someday in Our Future. Aww. So uh, they're kind of festival, circusy. And I love how Hanukkah's details are hearts because she's just so wholesome and loving. And I really love the character Hanukkah. I really wanted to cosplay her because uh, at the time uh, I was part of a belly dance troupe and our uh, teacher had just retired. And so we're this troupe without 
a leader and we're trying to still be something and still uh, because she also wrote our choreography and it turned out to be me and a couple of other girls were really like building it up. We were writing the choreography at that point. I was literally, I made all of our costumes once in 36 hours. <sighs> I made 10 belly dance costumes in 36 hours straight. I didn't sleep. I don't think I could have done that without at least three packs of hot glue and um, a jumbo-sized bag of uh, bells and, like, the jingly little things. There's a lot of doodads on those. That that would take a lot of time, yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, I had a couple of the other girls, like, at my house. Like, I was cutting things out. I was sewing and surging, and then I would, like, toss them something. I'm like, gather that. And then I'd go back to sewing something else, and then I'd tossed something else at somebody else and was like, okay, now you need to hand stitch this to this. <laughs> okay. So I have to say mm. this. Uh, I respect you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am in awe of what you've mm -hmm. done and you are way too good to be here. Please leave. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sorry. You're overqualified. If you could please. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I, going I, to qualify all over you. I say you can stay. <laughs> Damn it! One person said. So, if you're making all the costumes, that makes you a little bit Katori and a little bit Hanukkah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a little bit Katori there because I was making all the costumes. and. Whereas, I'm terrible and I'm all Nico. <laughs> <laughs> so and here's me just sitting, I don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> then again, this is nothing new. <laughs> so, uh, it was... Uh, uh, you know, a character I really identified with, and I really loved the anime getting into it at the time. And uh, so someone online, I didn't even know them, reached out to me and said, hey, will you be our Hanukkah? And I, I kind of really loved that. So I did make that costume in three weeks. Um, and what's funny is that after I accepted, got all the su supplies to do it, I ended up uh, coming down sick, <laughs> and oh. yeah, I was sick with the flu while I'm trying to pattern out and make this costume, and I still got it done, like, literally, it's the night before I have to catch my flight uh, to go to the con, where I'm finishing up the costume and then throwing it into my luggage. <laughs> was that one of those passion times or stress times or no comment? <laughs> uh, it was a little stressful, but I, I know that that one wasn't as bad as some of my other stressful times. So, How much cocaine were you on to keep yourself going? That's what I mean. <laughs> oh, it was Like, you don't need to actually disclose the amount. I don't want to get into legal trouble here, but... Was it a lot? Just PM the PM to Rob, because Rob wants to know for his own personal gain, if anything. So um, that that was really awesome because I got to go to the convention and I met up with these other cosplayers I had never met before and they were all so encouraging and very positive uh, to be around and we did some photos together. We hung out for like maybe a couple of hours and then uh, kind of like friended each other on social media 
And then uh, throughout the year after that, uh, you know, we still kept in contact and encouraged each other throughout things uh, on social media. And uh, then when the convention was coming around again, they were like, hey, let's do this again, just different outfits. So we Mm -hmm. did and got together again. And um, even though like only the first couple years we did love live uh we don't always cosplay together now we still meet up at any convention that we're all going to um we still meet up and uh we're still friends on social media and that is just something amazing because that happened i think five years ago and uh even the last convention i went to i still met up with those girls and um you know and it's just really wholesome and wonderful. Aww. I like it. <laughs> so that's, that's awesome that your group captures the spirit of what Muse is about, too. You know, just yeah. like togetherness and teamwork. That's really cool that a cosplay that was so positive from such good, I would say, anime role models, you know, like that kind of bled into the way you guys were embodying those characters as you guys were actually just a positive community, like yeah. in anime. Yeah, it was, it was great. I, I think it, yeah, that's one of those aw. You know, that could be an anime in itself. We'll we'll do cosplayers. That It should be an anime, guys. Let's make it. Let's do it. Let's uh, edit that out of the audio episode so that, you know, nobody steals our idea. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> yeah, we'll make a fortune. Okay, who's animating it? Because that's not me. Oh, boy, I got some hot stick figures ready to go. <laughs> that's kind of the extent of my skills on that. But... I guess that's a good story. Uh, it's an answer. I wouldn't necessarily say it was my absolute favorite collaboration, but it's it has a wonderful story with it. So, ah, well, uh, even oh, oh I'm going to change the topic. No, Did you have another no, question no, about? You go. Okay, I'm I going. Change the topic, uh, so that's perfectly fine. <laughs> okay, I want to hear you brag about yourself because you're awesome and you're so modest, but. Turn off the modesty for a second and just tell us about competitions you've won, any highlights in your cosplay life, specific amazing shoots that you're just like, I looked great. That was a great, or from the other side, because I know you do photography as well. Like, that was an awesome photo. Yeah, that's what I was going to Just what up. are you really I proud wanted, of? I wanted to ask her about, because uh, she is proud of those things and that she actually does do photo shoot stuff. And one thing that I find particularly cool about her photo shoots is her underwater photo shoots. So... First, first answer her question, and then if you have a little t- extra time, talk about some underwater photo shoots, because that also intrigues me. Okay. Wow. Um, so, yes, I've, uh, I've entered a lot of uh, competitions, uh, and honestly, I like to uh, because of the positive um, sportsmanship that I've... Um, witnessed and have been a part of and experienced in uh, the world of competitive cosplay. Uh, That's uh, what continues to drive me to want to do it. And I love that uh, the other competitors uh, that I've had opportunity to compete with we're all encouraging of each other. We all encourage each other to push our skills, get better. It's almost like oh, you're doing that thing? Well, I'm going to do this thing. And it's just like this force of energy of like, 
it's positive challenge towards each other and i love it i i it's that's that's the drug I'm on. There you go. <laughs> That's what pushes me. She's uh, snorting straight positivity. <laughs> it really is. Um, so it started with, I think it was 2010 was the very first competition I entered. Uh, and I entered as a beginner and craftsmanship only because I made a couple of costumes for uh, me and my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband. Ooh, Uh, congratulations. (laughs) uh, We uh, wanted to do the formal masquerade, so I made these, like, formal costumes from um, Tsubasa. We were Sharon and Sakura. Um, I think it was chapter 136 the cover art so if you look that up (laughs) Uh, google don't fail me now (laughs) uh so there were these very formal costumes that i made specifically for the ball which was the friday night but we weren't going to wear them again the next day and i had no interest of going on stage at the time so i just entered craftsmanship just went into the craftsmanship room and had our costumes judged by the judges and that was it that's what i did i ended up winning an award for that (laughs) uh i got a judge's choice award uh beginners so that was that was pretty dang cool i didn't enter into another competition uh for another uh three or four years after that uh just because I was just making costumes for fun, you know? I entered that cosplay contest because my friend uh, was helping uh, be staff for the contest itself, and she was really trying to push for getting uh, more entries. So I was like, yeah, I'll compete. And then I, I got an award, so that was cool, you know? <laughs> and then the second competition I entered, again, as a beginner. Um, and... I was making a costume for fun uh, because I loved the character. And then I, I was really challenged on like how to make uh, the robe. Uh, if any of you have seen um, Akatsuki no Yona, uh, Yona of the Dawn. Uh, oh, okay. So it was Yona from, uh, from Yona of the Dawn. Uh, and... Uh, I wanted to make her adventurer outfit, and I did. But then I had an idea because I heard of people doing cosplay skits, and they do something cool on the stage. And I'm like, oh, this anime has a classic, you know, frail young princess that then goes, you know, adventure warrior. Wouldn't it be cool if I did some sort of transformation into that? And so I wanted to make her robe that she wore as a princess so that I could do that transformation on stage. And I was really confused as to how could I make this print that's on this robe? Because I made her entire costume uh, traditionally to the way that um, Japanese garments were made. Um, And so I wanted to... um, 
stay in tradition with that. And then I discovered silk painting. And so the, the robe, the pattern that is on that, um, I silk dyed or silk painted. Uh, and I entered the competition as a beginner and I left the competition as a master. Hmm. <laughs> and from then on, started my master's class. Uh, I, I won first place master craft, uh, even though I entered as a beginner. They bumped me up. Uh, That's quite and, a bump. Yeah, it was quite a bump. And then I'm like, oh boy, I got to ride this master's train now. <laughs> uh so you're engaging, you're charismatic, and you're too good for this. Please leave. <laughs> so uh, that's that's how that started, and that was the very first time I had dyed silk. Uh, <laughs> I I have um, done many adventures in uh, competition and dyeing and uh, working with different textiles since. Um, I've, I've won quite a few awards. Uh, let's see. I'm not in my craft room, so I don't have them pictured in front of me. <laughs> but, uh, just, yeah, many different types of competition. And I've really enjoyed, um, the people that I get to meet during competition as well. Because there's nothing like when you're backstage getting ready, and I am more interested in what everyone else is wearing than, oh, wait, it's my turn to go on stage? What? I want to be back here with these gorgeous costumes, and I want to know how they did that, and I want to know this amazing person, and how how is this possible, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, I've, I've met quite a few people through doing competitions and have honestly made good friends while doing the competitions as well. Uh, it's, it has been pretty amazing. The, the friendships that go and happen from, from, uh, meeting each other backstage and, uh, helping each other. Uh, it's pretty amazing how uh, friendly and um, helpful people can be backstage. I never did think that, you know, I would ask somebody here, hold my breastplate on my boobs while this glue dries because it got so hot in here, my war blood ro broke. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I have had somebody do that, and I did it while blind because I was wearing blind contacts. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I the things we do for cosplay. <laughs> well, I have a good question. So you said there's a lot of advice that masters give each other, and I don't do a lot of craftsmanship competition, but every time I'm backstage, people are always giving such amazing advice. That advice is probably a little high tier. What advice would you give to somebody starting out? To anyone that is starting out, I would say do it for fun. Uh, do it because you want to. Do it for fun. Uh, and if it stops being fun, you don't have to continue doing it or working on that particular costume. If you discovered that, you know, you're working on a costume, you're not really having that much fun with it anymore, but something else has caught your eye, it's okay. You can continue going uh, towards 
another um, project. Uh, you don't want to push yourself to the point where it's not fun anymore. And so I think it's important to uh, remember that it's a hobby. It's something for fun. It's not the end of the world if something doesn't get done. And uh, life will continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there have been uh, multiple competitions that I have dropped out of because I knew that I was not going to finish in time or I knew that I was pushing myself too far. And that is okay. I've never received any negativity for dropping out of a competition or have I've never had anyone look down on me for it, which nobody does. Everyone understands and it is okay. So. Yeah. That's nice too because there's always people on the waiting list too who want that spot you know yes and because of waiting lists i i always gauge my time uh i've gotten to a point where i have my spreadsheets and (laughs) have you know like this is going to take x amount of time this is going to take this amount of time so i have a counter constantly going to see how close i'm going to push it and if it's two weeks before the competition and i look at my numbers and my numbers say i'm not going to make it that's when I contact the head and let them know. Oh, that's great. You give them so much wow, time. That's fantastic. That's like, that's a key management just to look at everything and see how long it was going to take. That is pretty meticulous. And not a lot of people can yeah. do that. They can't just look and they have like a spreadsheet of everything that's going to take and they go, okay, this is how long it's going to take. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at that. There, there have been a couple times where I'm sitting there going, the numbers say I'm going to finish in time. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to finish in time, but the numbers say I will. And people have been like, just trust your numbers. Just keep going. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I'll have to try that, making a spreadsheet. Yeah, and sometimes it's kind of nice because it alleviates some of that anxiety because uh, you'll see the numbers and be like, oh, okay, okay. I only have like 20 hours left on this costume. I'll be okay. You know, instead of panicking, going, it's not done yet. It's not done. <laughs> yeah, you can just look at that and be like, oh, okay, I'll I'll be done by the end of the week. We're okay. Yeah, you got your work schedule basically worked out, and you just go with it. And you just do the next thing on the next thing, and you don't have to think about it in your head because it's on a piece of paper somewhere. And if you're ever worried about it, you just look at it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like I literally have like, uh, when it comes to con crunch time, I have a list and whenever I get unfocused, I go back to my list and I'm like, what's the next thing on my list? Oh, I'm working on that thing next. Gotcha. Yeah. And then I go work on it. Yeah. Hmm. 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 But anyways, I did have a question still about the uh, 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 underwater photo shoot stuff. <laughs> you want... <laughs> photography stuff yeah. oh boy tyler yeah. wants to be waterboarded but he wants it artistic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants photo evidence i don't see anyone else do that like unless uh... it is so beautiful i've been thinking about like how do i organize this with someone and who's gonna take their camera underwater for me <laughs> <laughs> right i know i had been wanting to do an underwater photo shoot for years uh and that's Kind of what started it was I started um, researching on who can I get to take my photo underwater 
and me who is not an idealistic um, model type body type. I'm going to stop you real uh-huh. quick. You do have an ideal body. You don't don't put yourself down like that. You have a beautiful body and you're gorgeous. So continue. It's an auditory medium. I don't want them to get the wrong idea. Please don't lie to our listeners. <laughs> it's a belly dancer's body, so there's that. I know. I was going to say, I've seen this Instagram. Yeah. Don't okay. tell telling me that. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, but continue. Okay. <laughs> it's just, it's really hard when you're in uh, photography groups as well, because um, it, they get so stigmaed on, you know, what they want for a model when they're photographing, that sometimes mm-hmm. it can be hard to find somebody to go outside their comfort zone to do a shoot for you. Uh, so... Then I had to find somebody who would actually do um, underwater photography, who knew how, who knew had the, who had the equipment and had the know-how. Uh, so I've done this thing for years where I decide once a year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this one photo shoot that I've always wanted to do. So if you go back through like all of my pictures of all my costumes and things, you're going to see stuff like Elsa at the at the fucking ice castles. Legit, like, physical ice castle made out of icicles that this artist literally made icicles and then made a castle out of. Um, I did that literally the year that the movie came out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that was, like, a huge adventure for me. Um, When I... And then I also shot, like, Hinoto uh, from um, X... So if you know the manga or anime X by Clamp, um, I I did Hinoto in um, Korean tea houses that were brought back from Korea over here to the U.S. and rebuilt. Uh, They were brought over like during the war. And so it was uh, their recreations and uh, they're considered antiques. I, it took me like three months of communication just to let them, you know, let me go take pictures in them. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I try to set like some cool, amazing goal for the year of something awesome and bizarre that I'm like, this is on my bucket list for a photo shoot. I'm going to figure this out. So underwater photography getting a shoot done underwater was my last year's um uh so 2018 i want to say uh goal so uh i think it was 2018 or was it 2017 guys correct me if i'm wrong uh, i think it was 17 uh if it uh, okay yeah Yeah. maybe it was 17 okay i think you've done a couple now haven't you uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's hooked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do Odette the Swan Princess under water. Uh, so with like, and make her dress uh, with an overlay of chiffon mm-hmm. so that it would be flowy in the water and all that. So I had to find a photographer. I have not heard that name. Odette? In a long time. <laughs> Good lord, I have not seen that movie in years. So um, I decided I wanted to do Odette underneath water 
basically be the princess, uh, you know, from the swan, then becoming the princess and coming out of the water, right? Uh, so I had to contact several different photographers. I came up with a lot of dead ends. Uh, some people would get back to me. Some people wouldn't. Uh, some of them, it was because, you know, they're like, well, if you cover the pool rental, by the way, the pool rental is going to be $500 plus, uh, that sort of thing. It was crazy until I discovered one photographer who, um, she had done, uh, some underwater mermaid uh, pictures locally. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, if you've done this, that means you have the stuff to be able to shoot underwater. So I'm going to reach out. And she loved the idea of photographing Odette underwater. And so then we had to find a location. She said, I'll do this shoot for you. If you can get a location to do it. And that's when I started doing a bunch of research on trying to find a location. You can't just go to a hotel pool and do it because uh, if it's... I live in Utah. Uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Which is snow covered from right now. Uh, so we are snow covered until probably the end of March. So nowhere has an outdoor pool because why would you do that? <laughs> uh, so I had to find somewhere um, that had a pool that was either outdoors or encased in glass because you have to have a lot of light to be able to shoot underwater. So you could do it potentially in an outdoor pool. Uh, but where I live, they just don't exist. So I discovered um, there is a scuba club in Salt Lake that has a pool that is literally encased in glass, like a, a greenhouse. So now I discovered a location. Now I have to rent out the pool. Because they did do pool rentals because uh, they were a, um, a scuba club. And so you could rent out the pool for scuba diving. And I told them, I want to do underwater photography and rent out your pool. And lo well, and behold, they said yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I did have to pay for my time, my pool rental, but their rates uh, were of course a lot more reasonable than some of the rates that I was getting back from um, other uh, photographers for wanting to do this and then I roped in a couple of friends to be my handlers uh, to do the shoot um, underwater so that's that's how the shoot came to be that's how I um, uh, was able to do it uh, when I did the shoot it was an amazing experience a lot of trial uh, I was a swimmer uh, in high school I did swimming and water polo I did it from uh, I was a state champion from my freshman year on so uh, I so you're a real-life mermaid <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, if uh, you do go back through my pictures and everything you'll see uh, I 
I had a mermaid tail actually made by the mer tailor. Uh, and I have an aerial um, cosplay, uh, and I did a few like um, charity events with being aerial, literally in the pool swimming. So, Aww. yeah, that was very cool. So I've I've done a lot of um, swimming experience, but none of that prepared me for swimming in 20 yards of chiffon. Yeah, well, I was about to say, that must have been difficult. That's actually what I have to ask about here, because I'm... Don't get me wrong, I'm impressed, but I gotta say, if I were the scuba club, I'd be very concerned about the mitigation of risk and all that, and I'm, I'm just curious, how did you prepare yourself going into this? Because, yeah, 20 yards of fabric of any material is going to be heavy, and then when you're talking about waterlogging it, that's a whole different story. I, I'm really curious about your prep on this. So I did uh, have to have my handlers uh, set and ready. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them were already in their swim gear, ready uh, to help. One of them was a certified uh, lifeguard. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to, you know, and he was literally in the water, like, at the go, ready at any moment. And quite honestly, some of these beautiful shots probably couldn't have happened uh, without them because I didn't realize how tiring it would be uh, to be able to swim with a bunch of fabric around me. Um, I'm also a trained lifeguard, and well, formally anyway. And I had to do training in full clothes and, and extra clothing. Mm-hmm. And it's not the most enjoyable thing in the world. No, it's it's difficult. Um, I I was also a lifeguard uh, back in the day. And um, yeah, in a dress was worse. Um, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Don't I lifeguard in evening wear. Yeah, I was just doing generalized clothing with a couple extra layers, but... Yeah, the dress was worse, and I, I even made a comment during the shoot. I'm like, gee, no wonder why so many people died when the Titanic went down. It's because their dresses and the layers of fabric, there's no way they survived. Anyways. <laughs> um, uh, so I did have to have my handlers set and ready. Uh, we did have um, flotation devices for every single time I would come up out of the water I'd have to hold on to something because it was very tiring, a lot more tiring to try to stay under the water pose uh, than I ever thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have to take breaks and rest in between. Uh, so um, going back to Tyler's question with uh, after doing that dream photo shoot myself and uh, having that experience made me really want to do this for other people. I had such a hard time trying to uh, be able to, uh, you know, have get the opportunity for myself. I wanted to be able to give that to other people. I wanted to create this art. And so then I started to do research on uh, what equipment do I need uh, to be able to shoot underwater? What are the challenges uh, that I have to go through? Because uh, 
I do photography as well. And so I wanted to do this. And um, yeah, it's one of those challenge things. I'm like, challenge accepted. Gotta up the ante. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I got the underwater gear uh, for my camera equipment. Uh, And having the experience of being a model myself underneath the water uh, helped me know what I needed as well. One thing that you might not think about is weights. Uh, It was very difficult to stay under the water. And so we discovered diving weights. Uh, They have diving weight belts. Yeah, yeah, weight belts and uh, ankle pieces as well. Mm-hmm. Those help so much uh, when when doing that. Uh, so I invested in getting the gear so that I could shoot underwater. And uh, traveling with conventions, um, I also discovered, oh, you know, sometimes I have access to a pool that is capable of doing this. And so I started asking some friends to be like, hey, I want to practice shooting subjects underneath the water. Will you be a subject? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, might I potentially drown you? Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's kind of how this started. I'm like, can can I drown you so I can take some pictures of you beautifully drowning? And it'll just, it'll be great. Uh, I'll post the better. I'll post the better. Yeah. She's dead, but she looked fantastic while she died. Yeah, yeah. What a way to go. I love every part of this. So uh, I am going to be doing a few more. um, uh, I have some more underwater shoots that are coming up in in two weeks now. I'm excited. So I'm going to be... Uh, shooting a couple more people underwater in a couple of weeks and I'm hoping um, after that I'll have enough experience to be able to start uh, bringing that to different conventions and different areas that I go to uh, to give this opportunity to cosplayers and because everybody has that that one one character they're like oh wouldn't that be cool in water I want to drown that character. Yeah. No, that's not the thinking. (laughs) Hey, well, actually, one of the characters I'm doing in two weeks is Aerith, so... Mm. Oh! We're Um. trying to end on a high note here. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's this other part, too, is what happens to the costumes after you do a water shoot? Oh! You know what? You bring up a good point, and I and I love that you, Tyler, have brought it up, because I shot um, Yuna uh, underwater yeah. as uh, well. Yeah, yeah, and um, I did have an experience with Yuna getting ruined. Oh, mm. she's been remade since. Don't worry. <laughs> so I do still have that costume completely intact, but uh, faded. Uh, no, um, I remade some of the pieces. So, uh, some of it was I made a half of that costume out of silk, and uh, the silk did not react very well to the pool water that that we had. 
mm-hmm. and it got discolored uh, and the pool was very warm. Uh, it was a very warm pool and so the high temperature plus silk, it shrunk and it did funky weird things to the texture of the fabric. So all the silk pieces of that costume were, were trashed. I couldn't Aww. use them anymore. So they went in the garbage and I remade them. Mm. <laughs> so mm. eh. I I knew there was a potential for damage. Um, there was also a wooden prop that I had. Uh, and the pool that uh, I was in was salt water. Mm. It was warm salt water. Huh. So things huh. like um, that were glued together became not glued together and wood um, absorbed and then expanded and so it cracked and broke in pieces uh not only that uh there was one point where we decided we were going to go um pretty deep and uh the pressure ended up pulling the prop apart oh wow yeah uh so uh there there is uh, concern about damage that can be happen to to your costumes if you're going to do uh, underwater photography. Um, so you need to ask and find out, does the pool have chlorine? Because chlorine is definitely going to make a difference to your fabrics. Uh, and what other items uh, are, is your costume made out of? Do you have warbler? Is it going to be warm? We all know what happens to warm blood when it's warm. Yeah. It explodes. (laughs) 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 Violent explosions like firecrackers. (laughs) (laughs) Or or adhesives. So are you using an adhesive anywhere on your costume? Is it hot glued anywhere? What happens to hot glue when it gets warm? More explosives. (laughs) More explosions. (laughs) Bigger explosions even. (laughs) So uh, there, there are some things to be concerned about. Uh, I did actually write up a blog post about it recently, um, about how to prep for doing an underwater photo shoot. I posted that up, I think, uh, just a couple days ago, like one or two days ago, hmm. uh, because I was trying to give some advice to uh a couple of these people that I'm going to be shooting uh, in two weeks, and I'm like, let me just write something up. <laughs> so I did, and uh, so I do have that uh, posted on my social medias. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you can always check those out if you're looking into doing a shoot. There we go. Silver Fry Studio Fire Still Silver the Can't Talk Silver Fire Studio with a Y. Oh my God, words. So it is kind of assumed if you want to do an auto under oh my still words underwater shoot, oh it is like the last photo shoot of that costume. So if you have any other photo shoots you want to do with that costume, get them done first because the underwater one might damage some things. Yeah, you always run that risk. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. But, so yeah. So yeah. Well, let's, once again, we'll have it in the description, but go ahead and list off all the places that they can find you if people want to 
see these beautiful costumes you've been describing or if they want all that wonderful cosplay knowledge, uh, where can people find find you online? Where can we stalk you? Mm. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Silverfire Studio uh, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, uh, on Tumblr, Twitter, on DeviantArt. Oh. 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 I know, except for on DeviantArt, it doesn't have the studio on the end. Uh, that's actually where my um, cosplay name came from, was my DeviantArt. So. Oh! <laughs> humble, humble origins. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, also, I have, a, uh, I have a website, www.silverfirestudio.com. Awesome. We'll link all of those. And thank you so much for being a wonderful guest. It was great to hear all of your stories and experiences. And, and we loved having you. Oh, it was fun. It was very I'm, fun. Yeah, I'm glad I was able to share with you guys. And I believe Rob has a thank you as well. Is, segue, segue, is segue. Is he, is he dead? He told <gasps> me to give him a moment. Oh. Rob oh. died. Rob! Rob's getting sorry, stage fright. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I'll lead into you I away. forgot that I needed to set something up. <laughs> He's like, because you know what? What the heck are you talking about? Let me try again. <laughs> are you ready this time? I, I, I am ready this time. I, I had to get I her know. set up. I think Rob has his own thank you. Cue Rob. I don't know about a thank you, but I, I did want to go and say... Uh, you know, perhaps if you've decided to skip to the end of the podcast for some reason, and I can't imagine why you would, we had an amazing guest on here today. Well, and you could do it now a different way <laughs> than what you're used to. Yeah, so many of us are just stuck looking at this stuff on our phones through our favorite hosting platforms, our Stitcher, our Google Play Music Podcasts, our Apple Podcasts. But you know where you can enjoy it easily and without ever needing to touch a device? Where? Well, now you can do it with Amazon Alexa. Yes, that's right. We're now on Alexa. <laughs> you see, all you have to do is go into your app and go and find the skill Apple Podcasts. Once you've added it to your profile, then you can just say, Alexa, play the Sakura Rangers podcast. Getting Sakura Rangers podcast from Apple Podcasts. Resuming Sakura Rangers in space number 42. Hanging with the cosplay coven. Oh, shit. <laughs> and just like that, you could be listening to the Sakura Rangers podcast on your Amazon <laughs> Echo device. That's fantastic. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe we're at a place now on where we're getting sponsorships from Amazon and Apple. This we're is almost on as many places as Skyrim is on. I know, I know. We still haven't quite <laughs> gotten an Xbox yet, but we're going to get there. <laughs> I have one more thank you, too. Thank you, listener, for listening, and have a good night.